everybody, and welcome, welcome. Thank you again for joining us for another edition of Oh This Podcast. This is number six. This is our Stan Musial episode, everybody. Cardinals legend here. Um, <laughs> thank you again, Steve, for being here in the dojo. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Two times uh, in the week, uh, getting ready to getting ready to throw down some uh, delicious beers this week and uh, just kind of uh, enjoy everything Chicago has to offer. Rock out with our guilty pleasures here. It's Indubitably. Gonna be, it's going to be an amazing episode. But first, let's take care of some business. I've heard that people, that we have a website. People should probably go to that, right? Otispodcast.com. They should check it out, yeah. Okay. I've heard we're on the Facebooks. Indeed. They should go check that out and subscribe, right? I would I would recommend doing okay. so. Okay. You get better gas mileage. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and w- it makes you better looking. Yeah. Just straight up better looking. Um, also, I think we have some stickers if you want to support the show. Anything else you want to do, please subscribe to the podcast, support the show. And if you have a friend, go tell them about the show. Steve, you're my friend. I'll tell you about the show. <laughs> Let's go do that. So without further ado, Steve, why don't you tell us what is the beer of the week that we are enjoying today? Beer of the week going into un- slightly uncharted territory. New beer from a, from a very re- uh, recent brewer, because we just did Stone uh, uh, Brewing IPA we last did. Uh, last episode. This week we're going back to Stone, back to the well. Uh, but uh, we're getting into a beer I've never had before, and it's come highly recommended to me. But uh, So we're dealing with our first stout of the uh, podcast, and we are drinking Stone Choco Vesa. And pardon my... Pardon my French if I butchered this name. Uh, I th- I'm pretty confident that that's what it is. It's but not as bad as I butchered it, though. No, not it's not Quetzalcoatl. But it, I felt like it was Quetzalcoatl, but I was <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Anyway, I digress. Steve, so, tell us more. Um, what we've got here is a pretty cool beer. Uh, Stone uh, does a competition every year, uh, American Homebrewing Association, uh, like homebrew contest, where they take the winner and whoever you know takes the takes the championship gets their beer recipe made on a production scale and distributed across the country so this is that winner um th- and this beer is meant to mimic a uh, mexican hot chocolate so it's a stout with a bunch of chili peppers and nutmeg and cinnamon and uh, milk sugar in their lactose uh and yeah i mean if if that's what you're going for you want you want uh, a little uh, booze in your uh hot chocolate uh, this is the way to go I'd prefer Irish coffee, but this is pretty damn good. It's it's an excellent uh, excellent beer. Uh, I I'm very happy to have chosen it as the first out. It won't be the last out, uh, but we're going to start getting weird with some beers uh, here in the coming episodes. But uh, this one is a a very solid uh, uh, offering so far. We've got uh, 96 on Beer Advocate, 99 on Rate Beer. So you know we don't go schlubbing. We don't go down. Get the get the bum ass beers. We get the ones that uh, that'll hold their own on the court. So well, we uh, could, but you know, we got to keep it up with the high quality standards of this production. Yeah, absolutely, you know, we can't. Uh, you know, we we have a image to uphold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so so yes, let's. Uh, with that said, uh, let's get ready to rock here. Cuts a quaddle <laughs> to cuts a quaddle here. Awesome. So Steve, first segment. What do we got here? What do we got going oh, on? I'm feeling warm right now. I'm feeling like. Uh, you know, this is a, a time of year where you normally want to get out of town and you want to get moving to uh, maybe a uh, different locale, uh, perhaps a Miami. Maybe a SoCal. Maybe a Southern California. A local SoCal. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk uh, some uh, bucket list uh, travel spots here. Or, I mean, just tr- some solid travel spots all, all, uh, all around. But uh, let's, let's hear some of the big ones. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I have, man, people ask me. So I still don't have a passport. 
Like I know that's that's a very odd thing um, to think about. You know, a guy in his thirties doesn't have a passport, but it's not for any reason of that. I haven't seen enough of this country that I haven't want. Not that I haven't wanted to go out. It's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of places in this country that I still have on my bucket list. I mean, two of the top ones that I want to go see in the United States are obviously going down to Nashville and then going down to Austin, just because of the music culture. Is sure. There. But if I think we like if we had to take and say like one mega awesome trip, I would probably say that I'd want to go over to like uh to Scandinavia and do like a tour of the Fjords. Do the, the tour of the Europe Scandinavian countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like flying to Copenhagen and then just like do Norway, then down through Sweden and then come back and you know, who are the Dutch? Who's Holland? <laughs> you know, go through the Netherlands. Not just because Amsterdam would be cool, but I think it would be you know, everybody goes and does that um you know, they go to Germany, they go to Italy, mm-hmm. they go to... The, and there's nothing wrong with those places. Uh, actually, I don't know. There could be stuff. I've never <laughs> been there. But something about, like, going to Denmark seems really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. If I had to go to Europe, that's where I'd go. What about you? Uh, for Europe, uh, big big thing... I mean, my family's a, a German family, so uh, that would be number one on, on oh, my... Oh, for sure. Uh, Germany and Austria and, and that whole area, um, that would be... Austria? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Put another shrimp, shrimp on, on the, the bobby. bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to go. Uh, uh, Munich would be awesome. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's definitely high on my list. One because I want to go to Oktoberfest and, and experience that. My girlfriend's dad went there a couple years ago, and he said it was an absolute madhouse. Uh, oh, for Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. And it's I mean, I know I've seen it. I've it's seen in pictures the city of center it and, and everything. Uh, it looks. I mean, and I'm not a big like guy on crowds or anything like that. I don't like to be cramped, but like for certain situations, for certain things like that, it's like holy hell! Like you got to go check that out. Plus, then I can go to the BMW test track and, oh, the, and the facility there heck and go yeah. go rip around. Maybe buy a, a new BMW and uh, take it out uh, for a spin or something like that while I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe something like that. Well, if you do decide to go to that, uh, my cousin he did study abroad there, and they've been a few times. Mm-hmm. And he, they've done uh, Oktoberfest before, and they've loved it. You can borrow their lederhosen and. If you want, I, I have one of my buddies went to uh, Germany when he was. Well, see, we were in college. Um, oh shit, maybe we were like. May, oh, he was he was a senior in high school. I was a freshman in college, and he went to Germany with his family. But over there, like you can drink and everything. Yeah, you know. So he went over there and got hammered and bought a set of Lederhosen. Heck yeah! Why not? <laughs> Why not? I think that's a good thing to do. Like I don't know. When I think about the international travel, I just took my longest flight of my entire life this past year where it was 13 hours of travel, you Mm -hmm. know, from Chicago, basically Chicago stop in Salt Lake and then ending up in Hawaii. It was a long travel time. So, like, I think I'm starting to, like, you know, I kind of go back to that reference of Jurassic Park and the Velociraptors testing the fences. (laughs) You know, I'm starting to test the fences and the bounds on there to take and do these different flights. But, um like as I'm realizing some of these things, it's like you can go to Iceland and be on like the volcanic island and see Bjork. Like everybody's going to Iceland right now, and it's only like a you five. See Bjork while you're there? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Just walking around, living. <laughs> um, but like you can you can go there, and one of the things that they do is they do like this seven o seven day stopover tickets on like Iceland. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Where you fly to Europe and they give you free seven seven days of like no ex- uh, yeah like a gap in between. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was, like, more of those things, like, if you could take and do that. But, like, it's only a six-hour flight from Chicago. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, in comparison, because, I mean, Hawaii is a 
four almost five hour flight from San LA. Fr- yeah from San Francisco yeah. where we fly out of so yeah every bit of every bit of it so yeah I mean if you could pull that off why not yeah um yeah I know that because I really like road trips we've talked about that uh, one big road trip that I have planned and I'm hoping to do it sometime in the next couple of years um, is to take uh, from wherever I'm living at that point in time and go up to the Alaska highway and take drive oh, through Canada sure. yeah. and go up to, uh, up through, you know, the rural, like super, you know, rugged Canada and then go into Alaska. Yeah. I do that in the summertime. Uh, though. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise yeah. you'll be like ice road truckers. <laughs> it's probably not the best thing to do. And then we want to, like, I want to take, hopefully in that scenario, I would own, a Jeep or some other four by four vehicle yeah. so that I can hop on the Dalton highway and take that up to the Arctic circle. Yeah. Um, I don't need to go all the way to the Arctic ocean necessarily. I mean, I would, but you can't drive all the way up there. You can only drive so far because the oil companies on the land. Once you get close to the Arctic ocean, Yeah, they want to protect their investments. Yeah. But, uh, you can drive up to the Arctic circle, which I'd be just cool getting a picture by the sign and, and, rocking back down i'd be cool driving like you hear about people like seeing like deer in their yards and stuff mm-hmm. like that i'd be cool driving up there and seeing like freaking polar bears walking around yeah that i mean that grizzly bears i mean the yeah. whole the alaska is high up on my list and then i mean i want to hit hawaii we're going to do that while we live out on the west coast because it makes sense. it's a natural yeah um but the other big like big thing on my on my travel list is going to be australia and new zealand that's on mine too yeah. i think i've always wanted to do that again one of my cousins had an opportunity to live there for a while mm-hmm. didn't get to go visit but asia's on the list too but that's that's a big like asia pacific there's it, so many very like variations there of like i mean it's obviously such a huge landmass, and there's so much diversity between right. like you could be like oh i'm gonna go to asia hey i'm in russia <laughs> which yeah it's like hearing some of the stuff, like my cousin also lives in Hong Kong now. Mm-hmm. He's moved from different places and all that. And I want to go visit him, but hearing like the flight times, it's like you're on an 18 hour flight. Yeah. And, but it's going there, it's 18 hour flight. And it's basically you take off. No, it's coming home uh, from Chicago. It's you take off at the same time you land, mm-hmm. like the same time in the day. <laughs> it's a very odd thing to think about that. Right. Like I'm taking off at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. And I'm landing at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing that I got to get uh, get over with that. But I think that there's a lot of cool, like China, Hong Kong, like Australia would be really fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Would you go? What would you do in Australia? I was kind of always wanting to go like to Melbourne and like kind of do like the eastern coast. What would you do? Yeah, I would hit up. Uh, I mean, as much as possible, knowing that. It's one of those places where it's like I'm not going to be likely taking regular trips to right. Australia, so I would just uh, I like I like to do outdoor stuff. So, right. but there's all like a shit ton of stuff that can kill you there, so you have to be kind of careful of that. I've watched Mission Impossible <laughs> too. Uh, I know that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would do I'd do kind of probably a mix. I'd probably do a week of like outdoor stuff and like see how far like do like a tour and go out in the outback and and do some stuff out that way. Um, I heard they got a good steakhouse. They there. do have great. Oh man, boy, do they! We, I mean, we took a taste of that in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> one time. Onion. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, then then do the cities. I mean, just kind of go cruise the coast there. And, and yeah. Hit it. But yeah, like New Zealand too is just. I mean, it's like Lord of the Rings if you've ever watched Flight of the Concords. So um. <laughs> we've got rocks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or New Zealand, New Zealand rocks, rocks. Yeah, <laughs> which are the best posters in the world. <laughs> um, but I would, I would just, I mean, that's all 
hiking and outdoor stuff there because yeah. it's I mean just fantastically beautiful. Yeah, and I think you can do like you can rent a car and do like some cruises like to like Wellington or mm-hmm. Auckland or some stuff like that. Like I don't know. I have a feeling once I do that first international travel, like get out of this country, I'm going to want to do it again. So I'm kind of hesitant on it because I'm like, I don't want to spend all that money, but it's going to be like, I guess like I've, from what I've heard is like, you can go to some parts of Southeast Asia, um, very, some of the, very, very inexpensively. Like the the main cost is your, your travel there. Sure. It's not like the, like, but then you're in five-star resorts for a fraction of the cost oh, yeah. of what it's here. So that's what, yeah. And I've not been either, but uh Yeah. I don't, I'm less, like, I'm not super excited to go to those areas, but I would, I mean, I wouldn't say no necessarily either. Right. Um, like, one place that I'm not, like, I don't know, there's a lot of unrest in, like, uh, in Africa. And, yeah. And there are, I mean, I would love to go, my grandpa went to Egypt and got to see all the pyramids, got to do, that's cool. I mean, all the, the cool stuff there. And, like, that's something I would love to see, but, you know, with the... Uh, the current situa- situation in that area things, it's yeah. like you know you i guess maybe next time. i don't know i'm not maybe i'm not quite there and quite ready for that uh, from a travel perspective yeah from a, like so where domestically are, is on your bucket list because i know there's a couple for me like i think um like i said austin was one nashville's another one mm-hmm. but like savannah georgia new orleans like there's a couple places like that that are like the south that mm-hmm. are like coastal south cities that I've heard are just amazing. Yeah, but. I've been to, I mean, I think I've been to about 40, 42 or 43 states, I think. Um, and two of them, the ones I haven't been are Alaska and uh, um, Hawaii. Well, they uh, just became states, so you're, you're <laughs> fine on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Carolinas are one that I haven't been to that I would like to go yeah. and spend some time in. Um, and like my girlfriend, Jackie went to Savannah. She said it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, that would be a cool place to visit. I don't know if I would be like a bucket list thing where I'd love to go there. I would definitely say Austin is up there cause yeah, you know, you and I have similar tastes like with music and, and, and that uh, kind of scene is, uh, just, just killer. Actually, I've been kind of looking at, um, I'm a little bit of a, a geek for like the atomic testing and, and shit, uh, in New Mexico. Yeah. Like, so uh, I'd like to kind of just, it's one area where, I mean, I've, I've been through it, but I've not been, uh, you know, actually visited the desert anything. Southwest. Yeah. So I'd like to go down to, I'd like to go to Roswell. That'd be cool. Even though it's kind of touristy and stuff. Uh, but, uh, Los Alamos and, and some of the other stuff out there I'd like to check out. I mean, it's not a, not a huge priority item, but like, it's definitely something I want to scratch off. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've uh, over the past couple of years like scratch off is like having reasons to go to different places. Um, and again, like I was talking about it on a previous episode, we were talking about uh, the whole like Muscle Shoals stuff. Like, oh, that, yeah, like to go see that, like to go see like the music stuff. Yeah, I want to go see where, you know, Hitsville, Motown, like mm-hmm. go see those like iconic recording studios and places there. I think that would be a fun trip that you can make like. You can make a pretty interesting uh, trip to go see various different studios. For sure. Like, like on the East Coast, um, we like I I had a trip planned to go up to uh, Maine and to go to uh, um, what's it called Acadia National Park. Yeah, like that's one. Like that's kind of like the last real like bastion of like the the Northeast where it's like I okay I haven't I've been through all these other areas like that's the last one. Yeah. But yeah, like the music thing is definitely like a a quick pull. Like. I don't want to say like I need a I need a dedicated trip there. Like I 
want to go to Cleveland so I can go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Also because Cleveland rocks. Well, yeah, I've been to Cleveland. It doesn't, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because yeah. that's just that's just cool. So um, yeah, I mean, like we, I've done some trips like that where it's like you know you try and pile up like a certain number of things. I mean, I've done a lot of beer trips, beer related trips. Um, I don't probably, I mean, I'll always go to a brewery and you yeah. know, if, it, if it's available, I'll hit it up. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to do some music oriented trips and some sports oriented trips. Um, like I definitely, I want to check off all of the MLB stadiums. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people that'll do that with like a parent or something like that. So well, they'll do like MLB stadiums cause yeah. that's a, that's an easy one. Well, let me rephrase that. That's not an easy one, but that's a that's a fun one to mm-hmm. do. And like this summer, with me being in California, like that's what I, I was actually talking with one of our buddies uh, um, the other night. It's like, hey, I'm gonna try and put together. I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm gonna say, all right, these are the dates that every team in California is at home, and then let's just well, everyone will fly down to San Diego and we'll move up, or we'll fly into San Francisco and move down. Well, shit, just, we did that with the NHL. We, we did, which is a lot easier because there's. One less team, I think it is, right? Well, so in hockey, we went to the Sharks, and then we went to the Ducks, and then we went to the Kings. Yeah, so San Diego has San Diego is the Padres. They've got five teams, so two yeah. less. Okay, so it's a little bit harder, but still. But, yeah, still doable. And, uh, yeah, so I'm looking at the schedules for that, because that's a, and I need to get to Toronto to go to a game. Oh, yeah. Toronto's a great city. Skydome. Toronto's a great city. It's very, very similar to Chicago. I had a blast, and I was only there for... I think one day or two days, and but it was a really good time there. I've heard that Niagara Falls is pretty cool. Niagara Falls is like, cool. If I, you're driving through, like go to Niagara Falls. It's uh, it was. I mean, we did the boat thing there. Uh, that was cool. We spent a couple hours. It, it, at some point, you just it's like, all right, I'm looking at a waterfall. I mean, it's still awesome, but well, you, then that's when you go to the casino, it's, right? It's super touristy on the U.S. side. The Canadian side is a little less touristy. Yeah, um, I like to. I, I went to Montreal as well, and Montreal is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would. That's. I guess if I was talking like nearby ones, I would go to Montreal. Interesting. Like, like next, I would try to hit like Montreal, Maine, and uh, you know some. Some more of the uh, go through Vermont again, and Vermont's beautiful. I want to do a CHL like you're talking about MLB stadiums. I want to do a CHL um, hockey, like do like a Western Hockey League uh-huh. tour, an OHL, and a Quebec Major Junior tour. Not necessarily all of them, but some of them. I yeah, think that would be cool. That'd be cool. Like, there's some teams that I'd want to go see. Um, minor league and, baseball is cool too. Like the, the I think all the minor league like kind of trips would be kind of cool. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Here you go, Steve. Awesome. <laughs> oh dear. Oh babe, we Take, hit it again. This this just brought me back to shit. What was I? Fifth grade, sixth grade for this. Oh man. Uh, gosh, well. gosh, 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 <laughs> gosh, gosh. Danger zone. Danger. We're gonna zone. get into the danger zone right now because uh, we're gonna be. Chit chatting about a little uh, little NBA action here. Yes, let's talk about the NBA. So I posed this question to you, and I think this is going to be more of a debate. Um, we're going to talk about there's a couple different philosophies, and I know some people have gotten burned on this lately, especially uh, a Sir Charles Barkley um, for making comments. Which um, and there's always there's always going to be the question like we we're in Chicago, we grew up Bulls fans. 
was the 96 team better than the 72 or the 73 win Golden State team? So I think our topic right now we're going to talk about is the NBA, the game itself in the 80s and 90s and how it was played versus like the present game right mm-hmm. now. So I concede. Take your position. Oh, you give me the floor. Take your position. I'll take my. Or do you want me to take the position? No, no. I'll, I'll happily take the floor. Okay. I got no. I'm not. I ain't scared. Yeah, because uh, I think we have very opposing feel or ideas. On we this, do. So this is gonna uh, be more of a debate. So my mindset is, and I grew up watching, you know, all six championships for the Bulls. Uh, you know, one of I was, I was the kid who would sit. My parents would be watching TV. Mm-hmm. We had one TV. So my ass was planted in the bedroom while listening to the game on the radio. Right. And I was I would get a huge sheet of paper out and score the damn basketball game because that's what I did because I was a loser. But Paxson, uh, the Simpkins, <laughs> Simpkins, the Hodges. No, so that team would never existed. But. So that was I mean, like that's that's when I grew up and that genre of basketball like is near and dear to me. But I strongly prefer the modern basketball game to the uh to the 80s and 90s game right. for for a, a few distinct reasons. Okay. Mostly because the quality of play from top to bottom of rosters is significantly better than what rosters used to be. Um, the defensive element of the game is not something... It, it, the people always talk about 80s and 90s basketball, how defensive it was. They let people foul all the time. Yes. And that's not to say that they don't call ticky-tack shit in the NBA right now. They absolutely do. Um, but the some of the unnecessary and ridiculous stuff that got away that people got away with in the 80s and 90s is no longer a part of the game. And I mean, you're watching right now some of the most elite talent you could possibly imagine. I mean, the game has changed to a point where like you have a dude who's 6 foot 10 or sit or or in just playing a wing position, playing Anthony, Anthony Davis. You have Ant- I mean, Anthony Davis is a freak of nature. You have right. a guy like LeBron James, who I mean, I guess you would you know in in a sense go back to that you know the eighties and nineties era, and you would compare LeBron has a lot of similarities to Magic Johnson, a guy who is huge, but can play the po- can play literally any spot on the floor. He can play. He can run the point. He can play, he can play just about anything you, you and and do it well. Um, you know, you can. It's one thing to just put a guy in a position, but it's another thing for him to do it well. Uh, but yeah, you're. I mean, you're watching the one of the some of the greatest all time athletes you now, and I, you know, I will stand by. I think Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, but and I think he still would be one of the all time greats playing in this era too. However, I think the overall quality of the game is better right now. I think, and uh, let me just say this: that's all a valid point, and I'm going to take in disagree with some parts of it just because i you know being named after patrick ewing is really <laughs> kind of tough to like live down as a it's not a bad thing it's an awesome patrick thing. ewing was great patrick ewing was a great player i think um my big thing with the way that the nba has gone from the 80s and 90s it, it, it hits on defense as a, as a whole 100 that's and i agree with you the game used to be you know, the bad boys. Like, you would go through and watch, like, some of the old Knicks games against the Knicks-Bulls games, and they would just – it was hack. And then there was a the whole hack-a-shack movement because you knew that, like, okay. I mean, you still have that to an extent now. Yeah, but it was a war of attrition. If you yeah. could wear down – like, if you knew you had a number of fouls to give and you could take and get somebody off your bench, you could take and, you know, get four fouls on, you know, hack or on Shaq or somebody, they can take and do that. But 
the, for me, the games were more exciting back in the day. I thought that you had more developed players prior to, because they were coming out of college as, you know, not one and dones. Like you had people on, and granted some of the people on the benches weren't as good, but you had more p- players that had more experience so the games were closer. That was one of my perspectives, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then you started to see all these ones and duns, and it's like, okay, there were a bunch of one and duns that probably should have stayed for like an extra two years. I mean, it's interesting to see what Kansas is producing out now in terms of people are staying more two, three years at some of these programs versus, you know, uh, John Calipari student is going to come out one and done, and he's going to be somewhat flopping. But like, I think for me, the problem that I have is defense is exciting mm-hmm. too. Like, and I know we're not talking about football, but this is the same thing. Is like, would you? What would you rather have? Would you have a one one run baseball game that was low scoring? That was a pitcher's duel. Would that be exciting? Like a one goal hockey game that's just defense. Everybody's playing their minds out. Yeah, but they're different games, right? I think that the problem that we have sometimes is because no one plays defense and everybody takes and just shoots from the three, and you have all these wing players that. It's tough because the score just gets run up. It's like the All-Star game, they score like 200 points in that. Well, yeah, but that's an All-Star That's an exhibition well, and That's an exhibition. They're not playing it. But I think that when you're starting to score like 130 on a night, I mean, it's a little odd. It's a little odd to take in. Well, it, I think it, part of it goes to elite offensive talent. Right. Uh, where you have – the part of that is that guys that used to in – the, in the 80s and 90s game, you had a shooting guard. Yes. The right, the shooting guard position, there's only a handful of true shooting guards left in the league. Yeah, the shooting guard now is your three, maybe even a four, yeah, depending on because they're just tall. And you have a uh, – you have so, and again, I think it goes to the level of talent across the board. You have guys who can shoot. You have a, a one through four and sometimes a one through five right. who, can, who can take a jumper and make a jumper. And, and, the, and the other part of the, the high-scoring thing – it's efficient. It's about efficiency. Okay, and it's the three-point game because people aren't taking the long two anymore. People aren't drive. I mean, they're still driving to the hoop for easy baskets, but the long two is a thing of the past because it's inefficient. Why take a long two when you can step back two feet and possibly score an additional point? Yeah, and especially with the level of shooting talent there is. I mean, why not? It's it's a it's well worth the risk. But would you like to see people like Russell Westbrook huck up like sixty shots a game, like? Versus taking, I watched Kobe do it, and he's a true two. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just thinking about like more like a Jordan stuff. Like he, I guess he'd shoot into like the higher amounts, but it wasn't ever. I don't think he ever got sixty points or sixty uh, shots in a game unless he was getting like a sixty pointer. Like I'm curious what the, to know what their uh, shooting percentages were uh, across the board. I just think that one of the things that if you look at, if you take a, there's no good way to do this because this is always the argument. Like if you mm-hmm. take the dream team versus any of the current Olympic teams. And put them together, and you look at a top to bottom. Who would you pick as a as a better era, like better representation? Well, there, I mean, you're. I should. It's it's a it's a different conversation because you're talking about taking the best of the best players, and that that genre. I mean, you're talking Hall of Fame, all you know, first right. first ballot type Hall of Hall of Fame guys. That's not to say that there aren't plenty of them in the NBA right now. However. It's the quality. I, I again, I'll go back to it. it's the quality of the secondary players that it makes most of the difference. Interesting. You're going to have the generational talents. You're go- and you're going to have 
you know, at any given time in the NBA, most NBA teams, not all, there's there's plenty of bad in the NBA. Yeah. But the top NBA teams all have the guy or or the one two punch yeah. of guys who can do it and who guys who are likely Hall of Fame basketball players. Um but when you talk about having a third, a fourth, and a fifth option, or and then going to the bench, where those guys can go out and be efficient and score and and you know, to an extent defend. I mean, there's a serious difference in the quality of talent that was there. Where like you might put down like it was back, you know, kind of in the in that day, you would have your second unit and they would go out and the second unit's goal was to chew not give yeah, up points, chew minutes, chew minutes. yeah, we'll give the guys their rest and get out. Whereas now you can throw a second a second unit even on a bad team like the Chicago Bulls, and you can have a second unit that can go out and score, and that can hold their own. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I the game really kind of started changing in the late nineties. Well, like I kind of think when like Tim Duncan started to become prevalent and the Spurs started to take and win a bunch of championships. That's to me is when it kind of like it kind of like the interest of the game itself changed when like the Western Conference focused on we're going to score 120 points and we're going to outshoot people and the Eastern Conference was down mm-hmm. and you'd always have that uh, like people trying to play catch up just from like I don't think that there has been to me anything that's been like the rivalries that's, the natural rivalries yeah, sure. that were there in the 90s 80s 90s you know you know with Magic and bird you know the lakers and the celtics and then the pistons with everybody and then the bulls and then the knicks and you know shat coming on there and then the dream the Olajuwon rockets dream team and then we can go on about those made those playoffs interesting and i think that that generation is different like it'll make even a layperson who doesn't watch the nba all the time want to watch like those particular things mm-hmm. i don't think that we have like right now I think that there is the popularity isn't the same as it was there in terms of across the board, like team wise. Well, I mean, the NBA's popularity is probably higher than it's ever been at this point. Um, But I agree with you on the rivalry aspect. And I think I mean, this is just, you know, kind of spitballing. But I think some of the rivalry aspects are mitigated by the fact that you have legislated a lot of the nonsense out of the game, the bullshit fouls and the in the the hard fouls that you let people get away with uh don't get tolerated nearly as much it's much harder to get away with a hard foul now right. than it was back, or i should say to you know you might get one or two a game but you know back then two but big it's a flagrant fouls. one and well i just say like there, there are better there are consequences for that kind of behavior because that's not what people want to see yeah i think there was a switch like i think it all kind of like to me, if you take and put like a, a point where the game switched, you can argue this point, but it's when the NBA had to rebrand from the Ron Artest incident. The Ron Artest and Rashad, or Rashid Wallace incident. Sure. I mean, that was obviously... A, <laughs> that's that was a that was a freaking horrible evening and whatever happened, like what happened with the whole fan interaction. But like that, I think, is where you can look at the clear crux of the things there. Yeah, I remember Reggie Miller scored what thirteen points in twelve seconds mm-hmm. in '95 like playoffs. Yeah, like, it, was, it was nuts. It, it's nuts. Like those exciting moments. Like, and this could be just my perspective of trying to like understand and looking at them. It's like I don't, I can't take of anything in the past fifteen years that is better than that moment. And that wasn't even on my team. Reggie Miller wasn't on my team when I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought that like just in the 
across the board, like from the playoffs, from the playoff standpoint, it was like you'd the NBA was on, you'd watch it because it's exciting because you had uh, all these superstars across a lot of different teams. Sure, I mean there, I, I mean it, it probably ultimately boils down to a personal preference, right? But I mean, like to say. You know what? Because what's exciting to one person is not exciting. You know, may not be exciting to others. I mean, right now you'd say like, oh yeah, you know, watching Reggie Miller was you know dump in a bunch of points in you know short period of time. That was exciting. Like these these big rival games. Exciting. You got a guy when and Russell Westbrook who's averaging a triple double right now. Right, which which is is, it's insane to think about. Um, you know, I mean things like that where and you know going to watch LeBron James play and do everything. Literally everything. But, like, isn't that part of, like, the point of, like, if why should he have to do everything? It's not that it's not that he has to do everything. It's that he can do everything. Okay. Because I remember, like, specifically, it's, like, almost, it was formulaic. You had, you had your one, your point guard. You had a two who was your shooting guard, and you had your big man. You know, mm-hmm. you had, that's who you had. Kenny Jess Smith, Drexler, Akeem. You win championships that way. That was the plan. And so that was what everybody got. Chat, Kobe, and insert, you know, one of the Harper brothers or whatever. Like, now I think with Russell Westbrook, he's averaging a triple-double. And like people are saying that Oklahoma City needed to get other players in there. And I get that. Um, but shouldn't be, like, should you have to put it, the onus on everybody? Or should you develop role players, too? Well, role players don't win you titles. They 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 yeah. assist. Robert Ori though would probably argue about. Well, that. Robert Ori got a lot of the. I mean, Robert Ori was better than a role player for several of those championships, and then he got several of them just by being on a bench too. But true. Um, he so to say that okay, the quality of play, like I've said before, uh, being better. Obviously, I shouldn't I shouldn't discredit the 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 role player because the role right. players do help you win championships. That's 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 not a totally true statement. I shouldn't I shouldn't go that way. But the dynamic um, has changed the game, you so have you to, have to adapt to it. You have to have a roster of at least you have to, you can't win with like a piston style roster from the what was the championship the the, the bad the, boys no the two uh, thousands uh, like oh with, with just Ben Wallace deep, and uh, Chauncey Billups yeah, and which uh, was a Hamilton. good team a really good team but you can't it's very difficult to win with but they play just, by squad they play by squad I'm saying yeah. you it's very difficult to win with just a deep roster right with a bunch of really good you have to have elite talent to to win um, that's what the the model of the league has been. You know, since, you know, I mean, it, honestly, I mean, I think the, the Pistons were probably the exception to that rule. Right. It's interesting that we have this conversation because I know that we there's probably a conversation that can be had from us to a generation before, like the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd probably be there's probably this, you know, this marker of it happens every single time you have a generation and a shift in the game. I just think for me, scoring isn't always the answer. And. It comes also back, like, I know we're not talking about the NFL, but it's like defense is an exciting thing. Like, when you have good defensive plays, it's exci- as exciting as somebody just dropping in buckets. Well, part of the thing with, with NBA defense is that you have to um, explore the fact that that's not 
it's a game that's a, it's a high scoring game anyway because you play by twos and threes. Right. So like you might have a great defensive game, but you give up you know ninety five points. Say you win one ten ninety five. You played a really good defensive game. Yeah. You but you give up a high point total. Even if you win a a hundred you know one hundred and ten to one hundred and seven kind of game, like the game is wired for more points. So right. like you have to it just you have kind to account for that. You have to account for that and the fact that like it's you know that guys are going to hit shots because the the quality of shooting in the league is much better now. Yeah. Well, I think we can take and definitely talk about some of this stuff. Uh, continued going on. I mean, we hit that threshold right here. And my man, my man, we got it here. We got it right here. And this is... Up in her. I don't... Uh, see, we're, talk- we're going to talk some guilty pleasures right now, but I don't think this is a guilty pleasure. I think this is a pleasure. <laughs> it- it's pleasurable. It could be guilty. <laughs> it's awesome. So what are we talking about now? We're going to talk uh, guilty pleasures. We're going to talk guilty pleasure music, some guilty pleasure movies, and then some guilty pleasure just, you know, pop culture. Okay. Like trashy TV that I... Oh, you, you name it. You, oh, you So, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm, I'll lead off with a, uh, a little bit of a dual uh, guilty pleasure here. This is one I was actually thinking of on the commute here. Um, so... I was thinking of the fine, tremendous feature film starring one Burt Reynolds of Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. That's, a good, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's no, a, dude. That like, I mean, come on, Smokey. I and think the Roadhouse <laughs> would probably be worse. Well, Roadhouse. I mean, yeah, that that is what it is. But Smokey and the Bandit is uh, um, definitely a, a thing. I mean, that the uh, the trashy uh, Trans Am that's in that. What about Knight Rider then? Uh, I never got in a night ride. Dude, Kit was a great, <laughs> you know. It's a car that talked like Yeah, I mean, that the <laughs> 80s TV shows, uh, that was, you know, that kind of missed me just given my age, Call but, me uh, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh we're going to look at uh so Smoking the Bandit is um definitely one of those and and their sequels. <laughs> so so what do you consider a guilty pleasure? Like so I mean, it's something that is like do I have to bear my whole soul? And well, I mean, to an extent, it's something that uh, most I think most people would consider to be either faux pas for a your faux pas, trashy, or just generally, uh, you know, just lesser art. Okay, um, and so, but to to go back, so we talked about smoking the bandit, like that's that's a movie jam for me. But you got to go with the theme song of Eastbound and Down, and I'm not a country music man, but you throw down Eastbound and Down by Jerry Reed, and I'm all about it. God, that's awesome. <laughs> like I don't know, like if I have to take a do guilty pleasure music, I can look at some of like the stuff. I have a lot of guilty pleasure music. Oh, I've got more. We got we got plenty on this. this yeah, topic. I think we could definitely say that. Uh, if we're gonna go like a, with a movie and a soundtrack, I'd say that I had a bomber jacket when I was like a little <laughs> kid, and I wanted to be Top Gun. I wanted to be fucking you, Tom Cruise. You wanted actually, to be Maverick. I wanted to be Goose. Actually, <laughs> maybe Iceman or Jester. I could take a quote a lot of that movie. Oh for God! Um, and shit, I listened to the hell out of uh, like that's how I got into Kenny Loggins. You know, <laughs> taking him flying the not, high- not Messina though. I uh, know. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Taking him flying to the uh, highway to the danger zone, but a guilty pleasure of mine is occasionally I will just sit like sit and I'm like take my breath away, <laughs> do 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 do, and listen to Berlin. Not for any reason other than the fact that that song is freaking amazing. That is one of my other ones to the point where it's a guilty pleasure. I have looked on Google 
to see if they've been touring. Okay. To see if they will show up at C- City Winery playing like <laughs> with Eve Six. Back tra- backtracking to last week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like definitely Top Gun is one of my guilty pleasures. I was there. I used to take in God, I used to watch the movie, the shit out of the movie Grease. Like that was, oh yeah, th- I, that bomber jacket may have been on while that too, and I was maybe singing Grease Lightning. I don't know. As a so, kid, real talk, real talk right here. Hashtag never, real talk. Never seen Grease. Never seen Grease. No interest. Danny Zuko. No interest. Not even the musical. No. Oh God, that's a good dude. We're getting the pot. So if you want to have Steve see Grease. Submit yeah. us a ticket here, and we will take in. Uh, we'll take in raise money to take in yeah. see a theatrical episode. Buy, of buy a sticker, and I will. I will review Greece if that's if Gosh, that's something you want. And that's freaking hilarious. Uh, yeah, I've not seen it. I don't intend on seeing it, but I will do it for money. Well, okay. So <laughs> you sound like a prostitute right there. No, that's totally legal, man. That's totally legal. I think another guilty pleasure of mine is. I freaking like pop music from the 2000s. Like I okay. listen to good music all the time, but there's definitely some definitely some uh, some tracks that I'm guilty from. And it's kind of like the late 90s early 2000s. Okay. Like everybody goes with their um their traditional, oh, they were in in sync or they were oh, oh no, a that's not guilty boy. pleasure. You like that. That's shit. not guilty pleasure, no. but being an uh being an O-Town fan. Okay, that's and yeah. singing all or nothing <laughs> as a karaoke jam. Dude, that's one of my fucking favorite great, songs to sing. I have a great O-Town story. That's how come I want to be Diddy <laughs> or Jermaine Dupree, one so, of the two. So, wh- back uh this was 3 or 4 years ago. Um we went up when this was when I was in, playing a softball league here in Chicago, and we would play in Lincoln Park South. Um, and there's a 7-Eleven up off of the Brown Line up that way, um, I think off Sedgwick. Um, what, regardless, there's a 7-Eleven up there, and we go in there before the game because someone needed to hit an ATM to get some cash out. Sure. And you know, of course, I peruse the uh, the selection, and they had an O Town notebook for sale there really like yeah. with the band on the cover yeah oh god that'd be awesome and i was like holy wait i mean this was 2013 <laughs> or nothing at all uh, that and that impressed me uh, that's, that's clearly legit. they weren't moving much inventory but uh <laughs> that was probably on the the clearance phase with that like the blowout special no i think at that point you just charge full price and hope someone buys it kind of like if you had like a life. what's your holding costs on that you know it's it's a notebook <laughs> it's a mark like what's your market <laughs> on that guys like you gotta figure this out god so yeah otan is definitely one of mine um I used to listen to a lot of weird shit during the 90s. Like, if it came from, like, a Sony BMG radio or, like, a, the the mailer system, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the music house, sure. and my dad got it, I'd freaking put that shit on. Like, I listened to a lot of Alanis Morissette oh, dude. growing up. That's not a guilty play. It, yeah. Okay. Dude, uh, I'll, I'll touch on it in a second. Yeah. I listened to a lot of Sheryl Crow. Like, the first album. I'm you're, not gonna... you're sticking with my theme here. Yeah. But... Like, uh, Counting Crows were definitely a guilty okay. pleasure. Some Rob Thomas and Matchbox Twenty. Is uh, Rob in, Thomas can suck it. Yeah, it's definitely a guilty pleasure. I did. I may have had a Spice Girls album as a kid. I don't know about that. That's a that's a <laughs> bad one right there. I don't know. Um, God, what is the dude? Okay, so in 1994, when I first heard of this Swedish band, uh, when the sound waves uh, ruminated through my heart and my aura and my being, I was like, I am hooked on forever 100 percent, and you know i did see the sign 
and it did open up my <laughs> eyes. I saw the sign, and I was a huge Ace of Base fan. Like, okay. the, like that's a guilty pleasure right there. All right, yeah, yeah, I will. I will credit that as guilty pleasure, but still, it's all awesome. that she wants is another bit. <laughs> so, one of my music guilty pleasures, and I can't. I can't say it's cons- wait music or music. M- music. Okay. Um, it would. It would have to be. Uh, to an extent, I guess it wouldn't all be rock, but chick rock. Like, give me Alanis Morissette, give me uh, Cheryl Crow. Do you uh, like Jewel? I, I, you know what? I'd mess around with a little bit of Jewel. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, so like, like those three, like of the '90s genre, like that. Did you ever sing "I'm Just a Girl" by Gwen Stefani? <laughs> at Dude, karaoke? don't even give me. It, yeah, I, I was not, upset. I don't speak about that. I was upset by the fact that last week we went with our our uh, all female supergroup and we didn't pick Gwen Stefani as the front woman. That's on you. That's on it, you. It, it it is on me. I was disappointed in myself. I got in my car and I texted you. I was like, "Fuck, we totally messed that up." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but and then going on the pop side of things, Katy Perry is not a guilty pleasure. I'll listen. I mean, her music isn't great, but I'll fucking listen to Katy it's, Perry. It's any a day. generational thing. It speaks to your heart. Yeah. And don't at other places. And d- don't come at me. Call me maybe is a banger. Wait, who, who's not that Katy by? Perry. Who's that by? Uh, call me maybe is Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh yeah, I I've listened to that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much. Don't act like you haven't. Well, but like, yeah, I think the the one thing that's like it's not that it's like it's it's not that it's like a really really cheesy pop song that makes me embarrassed by it. I think it's the the cheesy part about it is it's a Canadian pop song. Well, it's a Canadian. I think she took like third on like the Canadians got talent or something, and like <laughs> you're the third best hoser <laughs> singing these singing these songs. And the and the lyrics are hot garbage, but it's a banger. It's a good jam. Didn't she do like a music video with Tom Hanks? Yeah, and that's another one. It's like the same fucking formula. It's the same shit. Canadian but it awesomeness. Works. Yeah. God, I, she'll I get you French fries and gravy and Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> My, dude, the tour if she ever goes to Montreal, <laughs> the poutine tour, French fries and gravy. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't think that there's any like there's guilty pleasure movies. I can say like without a fact, like without a doubt that you know I've watched a lot of stupid movies. Like I like the American Pie movies and all the stupid comedies. Yeah, like, I think guilty any, pleasure. I don't the, think the so. slapstick stupid like fart joke comedies yeah. and stuff like that. Most of my guilty pleasures come in the music space. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm trying to like open up completely like and dig deep into my soul and figure out, but I'm just like, I'm not afraid. Like most of the thing, I, I fucking love Nelly. Some people will say that's a guilty pleasure. I think that's a pleasure. I, th- I would pay. I've paid to see him live. <laughs> I will continue to pay multiple dollars to do that. I was also a 1% top listener on Spotify for Hall & Oates this past year. That's <laughs> Dude, not what a, did I give you for that? I don't know, nothing. But like I've like Spotify says like you contributed like 17 cents to Hall & Oates yeah, this year. Yeah, they're like literally what the year in review Spotify's like you're within the one t- top 1% of sp- of all Spotify users listening to Hall & Oates. But yeah, I wouldn't consider Hall & Oates a, I mean that's a a niche and certainly like a not an everyday like uh you know, jam for most people, but I mean, they they were huge. I mean, with the number of hits they've had, I like power ballads by rock bands. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what is that? Um, you know, you can get some like White Snake. Oh, you can. You can get like some of those like 
the quote unquote butt rock bands. You should like, be guilty about those. I am. Like anything that was on, like, you know, when they take and have the, like, the infomercials for the Time Warner. Oh, music? those are fantastic. Yeah. I kind of like There's man. a guilty pleasure. I'm like, I'll fucking watch those all damn day, regardless of what genre of music they're hawking. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I could totally see myself purchasing this for $38. And they'll it's find, like, the most washed-up, like, person of that era to do, like, the hosting for those infomercials. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, have you ever bought any of those things? I've never bought have any Have you ever one. bought anything off of an infomercial? Never. That's a guilty pleasure that I would... I've never bought anything off of an infomercial, but there's been numerous times that I've watched at 5 a.m. Like, to see, oh, I'm thinking about, like, damn, if I didn't think they were going to steal my <laughs> identity, I kind of would buy this... Uh, uh, Billy Mays uh, Flexol Seal or whatever. The, the internet really killed the ass scene on TV and like that whole genre, I think. However, uh, I've, I have bought as seen on TV products just in, in a store because Walgreens stocks those bad boys. Yeah. The fly swatter, electric fly swatter <laughs> thing. Fuck, those are awesome. I, I can't think of like guilty pleasures. My, all of mine have to go in the music space. The reason I played Britney Spears earlier was not just ironic. I freaking loved that song. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. Hashtag. <laughs> never forget. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think that people, for, like, I, I think guilty pleasures, like, you, people stop giving a fuck about guilty pleasures once you hit a certain age. And I think that we've hit that age. It's possible. I also think if you're comfortable with, like, what you like and how you and what you put out there, then it doesn't. It kind of ceases a little. the The guilt goes away a little bit. Okay, so you're gonna make me tell the story. So, um, a couple weeks ago, I, you know, celebrated another uh, revolution around the sun, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, was able to take and celebrate with a couple of very close friends, and we went out to a nice establishment that had. Uh, singing and karaoke and the bar <laughs> drinking. And this is a guilty pleasure on multiple levels. So not only did uh, hashtag my buddy Andrew, uh, shout out to Andrew Marks <laughs> right here, uh, sign, me up, Marks. sign me up for karaoke. First off, he signed me up and I went up there. They called my name. I'm like, what the hell did he sign me up for? I don't have the slightest idea what he signed me up for. And I'm scared. Because it could be anything. It could be it's raining men. It could be anything. It could be a Nickelback song. <laughs> I don't even know. It could be you know crisscross jump. It could be Andre Bocelli. I have no freaking idea because I won't put anything past them. And I get up there and I'm I go up to the lady. I'm like, yeah, I'm Patrick. I'm here to sing the song. And I was like, okay. So I I lean over and I'm like, what is the song? And she's got on the computer screen and it's Creed with arms wide open. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I can do that. I do <laughs> have a Creed cover band. I do know the Scott Sapp. So I get the mic and I'm like, okay, uh, with arms wide open. <laughs> Thinking about like how I'm going to get into that voice. And I'm just like, and then I hear the, and then I look over and then I hear the piano. And it's like, choice. it was an actual curveball and it was Vanessa Carlton a, mil- a thousand miles. And I'm thinking to myself, this is awesome. <laughs> because not only do I love the freaking song, I love Terry Crews. I think Terry Crews is freaking one of the funniest actors. What if ever. it had been a fastball song? If it was fastball, I would have loved the shit <laughs> out of that. Been a, that would have been a banger. But it was also white chicks. I Guilty pleasure, I've seen white chicks more than once on purpose. Yeah, that, that should be a guilty pleasure because I've seen about 15 minutes of that movie and it's... 
It's something. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like Sausage Party. A couple minutes of that was good. Yeah. So, g- touching on a little bit of movie action. So, yeah, I have a little bit of, uh, I mean, so we talked, you know, Smoking the Bandit. Uh, my other vice on the on the movie genre would be uh, terrible movies. Yeah, oh. Like, purposely terrible movies. And I will watch simply for the sake of, hey, this is terrible, so I'm going to watch it. Uh, and that is uh, something that few people understand. Uh, so, like, it doesn't matter the genre, bad horror, bad, you know, action, whatever the case may be. Right. I've, if, if you want to pick one, I will, I will roll with it because that's my, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. I know you've taken me to riff tracks. I'm like, this is like a, but that's weirdest. what makes it funny. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> it is like, oh, oh, yeah. and we hit it again, you know, Steve, you are my fire. My one and only. We could have, oops, we did it again on this one. Ah. <laughs> uh, my fire, the one. Okay. Anyway, Go you don't buy need some tickets. See him in Vegas. Yeah, you don't need to hear me sing out the song. But again, thank you again for joining us for episode six, our stand mutual episode. Steve, what, what were you drinking again today? We were drinking Stone Choco Vesa Winter Spiced Mocha Stout. It was one of the best beers I've had in a long time. Uh, again. We joke about this, but this show has absolutely been one of the most fun things that I've been able to do. Uh, and if you could do me a huge favor and support the show in any way, shape, or form. Do us a favor. Do us a favor. Um, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. The more more love that we feel on this side of things, the more love we can give out to you. And the quicker we can get Steve to see Grease uh, in the <laughs> theaters. Or we could do a private screening or whatever. So... Um, again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I can think we can echo that, right? <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, thank you for turning into the show. This is episode six of Oh This Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Patrick. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>